This is the Business Storytelling Show with Christoph Trapp. Name a top 20 storytelling podcast and a top 5% podcast globally. Christoph chats with thought leaders and experts to share tips and tricks that can help you tell your company's stories better to drive business results. Available wherever you listen to podcasts, live streamed on major social media channels, and part of the DB&A television network, available on most U.S. television sets and streaming on Roku and Amazon Fire. Here's Christoph with today's episode. Let's go. Let's go business storytellers. Hey, how's everyone doing today? We want to talk about texting. And here's what's interesting to me about this topic. First of all, today's show was prompted by a website pop-up. So if you're telling me website pop-ups do not drive any action, incorrect. Because literally this whole show is based on me seeing a pop-up on Angela Profit's website. You should check that out, Angela Profit. Dot com two f's two t's um join the get stuff done this is pg right here get stuff done leader community and you can sign up to uh to get text messages so angela was on the show previously and i wanted to find out what's going on with text messaging is it just as annoying as email newsletters not all email newsletters of course but some oh my god do I need to get your content every single day? No, I don't. But sometimes when I have time, I like to read it. So how does texting work? And why did she choose this strategy? Certainly caught my attention. And I'm glad to have her back on the show. Welcome, Angela. Hey, how's it going? Here. What's up? Great to be here. Really appreciate you coming back. Um, so texting certainly has been around for a while. And you know what? I, Quite frankly, I am much easier to get a hold of through a text than a phone call. In fact, my phone has everybody's phone number blocked. You are everybody's blocked by default. So if you're not in my phone, you're blocked. Like the end. It doesn't even ring because I got way too many spam phone calls. I can't ever get anything done. And so I, if you're not in my phone, you I won't hear from you. But you can't text me even if you're not in my phone. So tell me about the strategy. What prompted you to do it and, and how is it working? What really prompted us to do it is asking our community. We do a lot of surveys. Everything that I do is based around psychology. That's my whole foundation. I, I went to school to be a psychologist. And just by simply asking people, we noticed a couple of years ago, and this was way before 2020, our email open rates, they were still really good, but the click-through rates weren't so great. They continuously went down. And so what we were finding and looking at the analytics is stop doing it if it's not working. And so in surveying our audience and asking people, how do you want to be communicated with was the number one thing. And the second thing was, what do you want to hear from us about? Because if you're sending out newsletters and email newsletters, which come on, they take a lot of time and, and team effort to, to put into it. And what you want to say and tell your audience and what they need is two different things. And again, we know that based off analytics and all of the responses that we were getting, I would say over 90% of the people preferred text message. And so the, the high level of it is that you've got to create value and you've got to listen to your audience. And so that's the reason we really pivoted. Now we still do some email marketing as well. But it's very targeted. We don't do newsletters anymore. It's one specific CTA, one specific call to action that we are inviting people into. And 
really, it, it was all prompted because we were listening to what our community was asking for. Well, certainly I'm always a fan of, you know, people talking to their customers, their consumers, prospects, anybody. Um, and so that's that's great to hear. Um, what's interesting to me on text messages, though, so email, right? We have two types of people who check email, I guess. I'm oversimplifying. But the people like me, they see an email, they either do something or they delete it. So if I get an email and I'm like, I don't have time, not urgent, like I just might, I might just delete it, right? Like done. Or I'll take action, even if I schedule my response to send later i usually do it right away now some people their email right has forty-two thousand messages in it and they get to it when they get to it but on text most people's phone vibrates or or makes a chime or something i would assume so how important is the timing i mean it seems to be way more important than on email even yeah, the timing is really important. And again, we look at our analytics to see what is performing. And our audience is all over the world just because I speak and teach all over the place. Yeah. And so um, we also teach our community through text messages how to set up their notifications, how to mute notifications, how to do a lot of these things so that when they're in taking information, it's not... A, a distraction because that's my whole thing is I don't want to distract people, but it's there when they, when they want it. And so keeping it short and sweet is really the key. But the number one thing again is when people say, well, what's the best time to send a text and what's the best time to do this? It's different for everybody. It's really going to depend on your audience and your community. And that's where you really have to dig into the analytics. And again, if you just ask people like, do you like nighttime or do you like daytime? If you just ask people, they will tell you exactly what they want, typically. And so engaging your audience through social media and doing polls and surveys and asking, you know, again, if you're giving value, you're going to get something from someone. And usually for me, you know, that's their time. Time is very precious. And so I, I always go back to the analytics because it's black and white. And whenever the open rates are the best, that's the time that we schedule. And we do. We go in once a month and we schedule um, some motivational things, and then some information about our podcast and, and various things. It's just, it's another great way also to own your audience rather than relying on social media to own your audience. Yeah, it's a fantastic strategy. I mean, I, I certainly need to really look into it a little bit more and, and see how I can use it. Now, when you, it's not one-on-one, -on -one, right? You're not sitting there saying, oh, I'm going to text my group right now it's it's deliberately planned as you said for the month on what you want to say yeah absolutely everything i would say 95 percent of this things that we do we try to batch our content and it's all done 90 days in advance now there are things that come up there's things that happen in the world I, during when the pandemic started a long time ago, I, I hate going back to it, but it's just the, a part of life. We had scheduled so many things. We had to go and unschedule things. And so we have learned over time to just do it 30 days out rather than 90 days out, out now. But we really try to think ahead and also create consistency for our audience, because if we're not sending out a consistent message, then they're not going to listen and then they're just going to go to somebody else. And so 
we think of ourselves as like the news for the hospitality industry and people really rely on us and look to us to, to give them the real raw information of what's going on in the world. And so I have to keep up. And so I now tell people don't schedule too far out because things shift and things change and you want to stay relevant. And every once in a while, there's some things where we had a client recently, I think Instagram and Facebook went down for, I don't know, a couple hours and we had something coming up, a webinar. And so we were, we were able to send out through the text community and everyone in that community that we were moving it back because the social platform was down. And so that was a really good wake up call for some of our clients to know that you need to own your own audience and, and have your own way to communicate with people other than relying on social media. So I have so many case studies, but that's just one that was recent where it's, again, it's important because if you fall off the map, if you don't tell your audience what you're doing, notice and they think something is wrong. And so we like to over communicate rather than under communicate. Because when you leave those loopholes, lots of rumors and stories and things get started. So it's just better to be upfront and, and have a way to, to communicate with people. Very interesting. And so when you send out a text, so if I send an email to my list, right, um, people can reply and they do. And sometimes, you know, so I have to keep an eye on that. And, and depending on what they say, you know, I reply or sometimes they want to talk to sales. Sometimes they have a question about the product or something that I don't know the answer to. So I send it to somebody else, but I still have to pay attention. How does that look on text? I assume that I can reply to your text messages. It depends. And so there's there's a couple different platforms that, that do this. The platform that we use, it gives you a choice. So you can either, uh, it's, it's a little toggle button that, that says, do you want to allow people to reply to this text message or not? And, and again, you can choose. Some people, they don't want the responses. I like the responses and I like to know that we're making a difference when we're, we're putting effort into something. And so we actually allow people to respond. We want them to ask questions. There are a lot of the texts that we send are statements. There's no question marks. And so when there are question marks, though, you want people to respond. And so there's definitely a choice. Again, every platform is different. And so it depends on the platform. But you, do, you typically do have that option to allow people to respond or, or, or not to respond to it. So how hard is it to integrate? I mean, first of all, before I even ask that question, I like responses too. And in fact, most of my emails that I send nowadays, they do have some kind of question because I do want you to respond. I guess my true newsletter um, usually doesn't, but it's more inf informative, right? Like here's a new thing I found. You might find it interesting. Like I don't really want, I mean, they can respond if they want, but I don't really like doesn't make any difference to me what they currently use. I just want to share what I have, even though they could tell me. Uh, but sometimes, many times, I do have a, a question at the end. Um, how hard or easy is it to integrate? I don't know. What is your your website? Is it a WordPress website or do you use a different? Okay, awesome. Um, how hard is it to integrate everything? You know, the pop-up with the system and then is it a whole other place you have to go? Or how does that look from a more technical side, I guess? It's really not difficult at all. Um, I'm not a coder. My we we have you know an, an IT team that works on our stuff. We do use WordPress. We use we use other platforms as well. We build classes on Kajabi. We build on lead pages. We build on ClickFunnels. And so it really again depending on the platform. The platform we are currently using is um, called Community, 
And then we use, which was formerly Infusionsoft, which is now called Keep. They rebranded. And it all integrates. It's it's a simple plugin. And you you don't have to be a coder. It's literally copy, copy the code, paste it over. And obviously, like whenever we do something new, we're going to do it at night and we're going to test it and make sure that it's working. And again, we're also very upfront with our community, letting them know, hey, we're trying something new. If you like it, let us know. If you don't like it, tell us. If we're sending too much, tell us. Now, you can't make everybody happy, but at least ask. And then there is the majority typically that wins or drives. And again, going back to the analytics, but it's really not that hard to integrate. It's just, um, you know, for us, it's just like telling people about it because if they prefer text over email, then we want them to come and sign up for our text community. And yeah, so it's, it's really, it's not that hard. It really isn't to do. You just, we watched a few videos. Uh, we're, we're all self-taught over here, most of us. So it's not that hard to integrate at all. I would just say, you know, do it at night when most people are sleeping and test it to make sure that it's going to work. It's just very interesting. So then once you, you get everybody in there and of course, you know, the one thing that just crossed my mind, that my, my text inbox, if we want to call it that much less crowded, right. Than my email inbox. And especially if you add spam into my spam folder, I mean, it's like overflowing. Uh, so how do you like how do you tie it into the content strategy? What kind of messages do you want to send? How long should the messages be? Um should they have images? Should they have video? Should, I mean like what's what goes into that planning from a strategic point? Usually we do a little bit of both. We do some just plain text that is um really just motivational. And again, the foundation of everything we do is, is all around psychology and, and I'm a productivity consultant. And so it's all about time management and being present and how to, again, set up your notifications and how to make sure that you set aside time for yourself during the, during that time. So most of our just plain text that is, is more motivational, um, they, they still get really great open rates when we're pushing something out about our podcast or an upcoming event or someplace that I'm traveling, we will put a picture to it or we'll make a GIF, you know, where I'm like moving and dancing or doing something funny. And, um, the, re the responses and the open rates are about the same. And so we try a little bit of both. We don't always put a picture. We don't always put a video or a GIF, but I would say twice a week we send out a plain text. And then once a week, we send out something that has some type of a movement to it. But it really depends on like what's going out. So like, for example, recently, there was like margarita day or tequila day or something. We like to do like fun things too, just because in the hospitality industry, things can get really stressful. And, um, and people need that motivation, they need to be reminded to, to just smile and remember to like take care of yourself before, you know, you're taking care of a bunch of other people. And so we keep it like, very raw and very fun. And so if I'm going to Egypt, then I would have a picture of myself or like a little gif of me, like doing something in front of the pyramids or something. That was something recent. That's why it's on the top of my mind. And so it's just when people can see your face, because people connect with people by seeing their face. I don't love pictures. Listen, I'll do video and podcasts and I'll talk your ear off all day long, but I, I really don't like being in pictures. So 
that's just the way that I personally like to connect with people. And, um, and also psychologically, cause we coach a lot of people on how to do video for their audience and for their business, but also have fun with it. Like just be authentic and be a real person. And so if I'm teaching and coaching people how to do that, then I need to be doing it too. So that, you know, I'm mirroring what people are asking for, what people are wanting. So psychologically, that's a little bit more of the backstory of how to get people engaged and involved. And again, you're not going to make everybody happy, but doing a little bit of both seems to keep people engaged. Yeah, very interesting. Let me, I'm going to circle back to the whole video and picture thing in a minute. But first, since you mentioned it really quickly, uh, Angela's uh, podcast, Business Unveiled, if you search for her name on um, Apple, et cetera, et cetera, you can find it right there. And topics range from how to keep social media social, how to see your business journey as a gift, the importance of building a content strategy. And as you can already see, um, her audio and video is uh, very well produced, sounds good. And the reason I mention that, because this is one of my soapboxes currently, Angela, everybody, not not everybody, but a lot of companies are starting podcasts and some are doing live streams, which I still recommend. But what a lot of companies are missing is they're not buying their $50 microphone. This is like 50 bucks. And you know what? I I don't care if you're the CEO of some big company, if your audio sounds horrible. I'm going to go to the next show where the audio sounds good. So uh, keep that in mind. It's You can buy a mic, 50 to 150 bucks. I mean, you take one client out for drinks and you're spending twice that probably. Um, just something to keep in mind. Okay, on the video, what kind of tips can you offer people on when it comes to video? So here's the, the reason I want to bring that up quickly because... I put all this thought into, okay, what do I wear? You know, so for example, I have this shirt, right? The business storytelling show that I actually got from, from a partner. And like, you can't even see it anyways. So who cares? I could wear any shirt. You can't see it anyways, unless I point it out. So how, is that still a thing that people overthink what they have to do? Because like, for example, for all points and purposes, I really don't need to worry about what I'm wearing on a live stream because you can't, I mean, unless it's a wife beater shirt or something, do you know what I mean? Which I don't own, but like, unless it's something like that, you can't see anything anyways. Yeah. And just going back to your microphone comment, mm -hmm. we actually yeah. just purchased these little bitty microphones. I'm sure you've seen them. I think um, they're, they're kind of new that we're actually bringing them to PodFest soon, but I've been on the go constantly. And so traveling all over and speaking. And so we, and, and they were not cheap. We invested in it, but now I'm able to do podcasts and interview other people. Cause it came with like two little microphones. And, um, one of my team members even saw news anchors on the news using it one day. And she's like, oh my gosh, even the news, they're using these microphones. Like the, the way that technology is growing so quickly. And now we have the ability to, to travel around and I'm going to, um, hotel and boutique resorts and doing like behind the scenes showing our community that it is safe to travel. Um, Americans, especially for like destination weddings and events and things like that, they're just, they're afraid because they don't know what's going on in other parts of the world. They listen to the media, which is 
a whole nother topic, but just invest in some type of good microphone. But those little microphones allow us to be on the go and on the move. So when we meet somebody and our audience would love it or they have some value to offer, we have those microphones that you you plug them up and I charge them overnight. They're just little USB charge. And then they go for like six hours. It, it, it's amazing. But anyway, so um, I wanted to be sure to to mention that. As far as the video tips and the strategies, first off, it's not about you. No one cares, okay? It's not about how you look. It's not about what you're wearing. It's, ladies, it's not about your hair and makeup, okay? It's just about providing value. And so I had a coach many years ago that worked with me. And if you look back at my old videos, my old YouTube channel from like 10 years ago, I look like a robot. I literally had people say, you look like a robotic Barbie doll which kind of hurt my feelings in the beginning, but I totally understand. It's like, I didn't look human. I was so overly afraid of like what people were going to think because I sell, we sell perfection. We do a lot of luxury events. We get one shot. And so I thought that that's the way that I needed to act. And so it, and it's not, people want to know who you are and the value that you bring to them, their personal life, their professional life. And so I will tell you one of my very, first viral videos many years ago on YouTube was me in my robe. I had no makeup on with my hair on top of my head. And I went to the Dollar Tree and bought 500 whitewash cloths. And I bought some cucumbers at Kroger and sliced them up, put them in my big tub. And I was soaking 500 whitewash cloths because we had an Indian wedding the next day. And it was in August and it was so hot. And so I was telling people, now, this was not my idea. My One of my coaches told me, he's like, I want you to video this. I'm like, no, I'm going to be in my robe. It's a Friday night. He's like, just do it. And I'm so glad that I listened. This is why we hire coaches and consultants, right? And so, so many people started saying, oh my gosh, this is genius. All I was doing was soaking the washcloths in bath water so they would smell good like cucumbers. And then I was rolling them up and, and stacking them a specific way, put them in the freezer, and then took them to the event the next day and had a cute little trash can from TJ Maxx on the side. And, um, and everyone, I mean, the, the Indian community, they're in these beautiful clothes, but they're so hot and they're heavy and they love the washcloths and it made them smell good. And then once the ceremony was over and they went inside, they just threw them in the, um, in the wastebasket. And then some people were like, what are you going to do with those washcloths? I'm like, throw them away. What do you mean? What am I going to, they're like, you're not going to wash them and reuse them. I'm like, no, like that's kind of gross, but it, it's just that little video showed me not to worry about what I look like, what I sound like. It was just a valuable tip. Now, to me, this was common sense, but what you do every day is not common sense to everybody in the world. And so just getting over the fact that it's not about you, it's what you can bring to the table is so important. And if you have trolls and you have rude people, which we all have that, it means they're paying attention and you're doing something right. So just reframe the way that you take it in and it's all about helping people. So, and, and by the way, one, once you have trolls, that means people are paying attention. And I'm thinking of um, Amanda Seguero or Guerra or something like that. You know, the flight attendant on TikTok and Instagram. And I mean, she's just basically every video is now her responding to some crappy or stupid comment. Um, and she still does it, you know. But the point is that's happening because everybody is commenting and everybody's paying attention. And so she's now engaging with trolls to get her videos in front of more people. So that does work. The other thing, I think sometimes we're so stuck in this is how it, this is how it used to be. I'll give you an example. 
what you mentioned, the flashback I had was I used to live stream on Amazon when I first started uh, doing Amazon live streams, my vacuum cleaner driving around the house. I don't know if you remember that or not. I do. You know, so and basically there's like tens of thousands of people watching my vacuum cleaner drive around the house. And some people bought him, bought it and some people didn't. Today, you can't do that anymore on Amazon because Amazon wants you to do be interactive. And I would argue, well, that's interactive. But what their definition of interactivity is, I need to be talking about the vacuum cleaner. So the rules change. But before they changed, there were tens of thousands of people watching my vacuum cleaner driving around the house every single day. Totally crazy if you ask. It's crazy. <laughs> so, it's crazy. But it is crazy, right? So in the last couple of minutes here or so, Angela, I know you're, uh, you you focus on productivity. I think the batching, I mean, I think batching anything in content is a fantastic idea. You know, work on the questions for a show at this time, do the shows at this time, write your articles at this time, have meetings on one specific day. I think that's one of the the biggest, um, you know, takeaways I've, I've gotten from your content over the years. Um, and I don't know how people get anything done if they don't do that. Honestly, you know, they're in meetings all day. Uh, so, so remind us, how do people work with you? Who reaches out to you? How do they connect with you? And, and, and how do they work with you? Yeah, you can go to AngelaProvid.com. We have a new series coming out called Walk and Work. Over the pandemic, I got a treadmill desk. And what the community is asking for now is how can you get your steps in and just wellness overall, um, how to be more healthy. And so just healthy tips, like again, taking care of yourself, but then also working. And I've enjoyed, actually enjoyed working from home. I mean, I used to travel for a living. I'm back traveling for a living now. Um, I speak at a lot of different conferences on time management, but now we're bringing more of a, of a holistic like wellness into it about, you know, it's just, you got to get up and move. You can't sit at your desk. I'm sure you've heard this. Sitting at your desk is the new smoking. You cannot sit for 10 hours. Like your body is not made for that. And so getting up and walking and taking breaks and, and I've been doing it for a year myself and, and really been on my, my own personal journey of like, how can I get more healthy? And now people are asking, what have you been doing? What are you eating? You're dancing all over the place. Why are you dancing all over the world? Well, yes, I am dancing all over the place, but I'm there to speak and I'm there to teach on time management and how to shut out the distractions and how to be more present. And you, you, you gotta, you gotta say no to some things. And so that's really what, what we're doing now is teaching a lot of workshops on, um, on how to be more aligned with your audience and how to be more in tune with yourself and, and your, your overall wellness and just, and it doesn't really matter what industry you're in. I mean, I'm in hospitality, but that's what we're really focused on right now. Cause coming out of the pandemic and then, you know, it's like the new year when it comes up or there's that reset button that people think that their life is going to get so much better. But what I've learned through the pandemic is people need motivation and they need community and they need people that have done it and they need people, they need to follow someone who, who has been where it's like, you know, the same. Find someone that's done what you want and then follow that. And so that's what we're teaching now. And, and that's what we're really focused on. But it'll all be on AngelaProfit.com. AngelaProfit.com, two Fs, two Ts. Check it out. And, you know, when it comes to traveling, um, I am actually heading to Malaga, Spain to talk at the Digital Enterprise Show. And American Airlines is fantastic to me, but it's, it's still kind of a pain to book travel. You know what I mean? So it, that's just my two cents of unsolicited feedback. 
to anybody in hospitality. Make it easy. And American Airlines is fantastic to me, but I could just not imagine some people who don't necessarily do it as often to, you know, how much more difficult it is for them. Angel, it was great to have you back on the show. Thanks for sharing your tips. Thanks for having me. Bye, y'all. That's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in. Please rate and review our show on your favorite podcast channels. And don't forget to share this episode with your networks. We appreciate you. Until next time, let the best stories win. Music